House Podcast Radio. What is up, my brother? Not much, man. Just watching some of these prelims, kind of flipping back in prelims and episode five. So just chilling right now. Not bad at all, man. Not bad at all. It's been a uh, been a pretty solid weekend so far. Been a pretty good start. Uh, I'm, I'm envious of you, man, because you just got to watch a movie that I haven't got to see yet. Man, hey, watch two of them things, bro. Um, shout out to, uh, Illumination Animation and, and DreamWorks. They've been on a heck of a roll. They can't miss with the Minions movie. I think the last Minions movie made almost darn near 900, if not 900 million, almost a B. Their animation team can't miss that. The Grinch, bloody, uh, Secret Life of Pets. Their animation team is absolutely destroying Disney right now. And that's crazy. So top marks to them. Shout out to everyone at Lionsgate and Keanu Reeves behind John Wick Chapter 4. What an epic masterpiece of action. I ain't saying nothing, no spoilers. Just get to the theater and real, find real the quick, biggest screen. Question. Real quick, fun question, though, before we get to the main topic. because I, yes. I was debating this with myself earlier because I was watching the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. Yeah. And I'm watching them, and I'm thinking to myself... If he fought John Wick, who leaves alive? They did a versus on that, actually, an actual like animated versus on that on YouTube, and it had a uh, it had it had Daniel Craig's Bond coming out uh, on top. But when they did that, they had they factored in everything about so all the history of James Bond, all the gadgets he's ever had, the situations he's been in, versus John Wick and all the weapons he's ever had and all the situations he's been in. They put those into there to simulate a more accurate battle, and uh, James ended up coming out on top via the gadgets. He just had way yeah, more I, gadgets. I can see the gadgets, and also I feel like Daniel Craig is the smarter fighter of the two. John is more so just like rage fueled. Yeah, he'll John is about clearing out rooms and but he's not without taking damage. He'll freaking I, I know, think the more fair comparison would be John Wick versus the Punisher. Probably. And and even in that, probably the Punisher will probably win, I think, still. No, Keanu would destroy John Bernthal's Punisher. He would destroy him. Uh, now the, the the Warzone Punisher, the Tom, the the original Punisher, where it's all over the top. Okay, that Punisher could maybe beat John Wick, but John Bernthal, mm mm, mm mm. We haven't. I don't think Netflix got to do John Bernthal justice with season two, but he's he's training, uh, and he's coming back, so he'll be back. Uh, well, yeah, but from what we've again. seen. Keanu Reeves, John Wick would wipe the floor with him. From what we've seen, okay, I, I could, I could definitely. You would get, but okay, we're not here to talk about John Wick. So big news, we, you mentioned Disney, and that's what we're talking about tonight. So everybody knows that the number one thing we talk about on this show, with no, with no close second, is the Snyder movement in DC. But if there was to be a second topic that we talk about, it'd be Star Wars. Um, yeah, and today, Aaron, no, recently we've got some big news coming out. So, three new Star Wars movies that's the big announcement. Three different directors. Um, it's not a trilogy, like it's three no. movies, but as I understand it, it's not like this isn't going to be episodes 10, 11, and 12. Yes, correct. So, it's like we get one movie that's kind of like Star Wars episode 10 where Rey is at the forefront of it, leading a new Jedi Order. And we're going to give our thoughts on that later, and I may shock you with what I have to say. Um, oh, I'm, don't say don't say what I... Oh, my God. All right, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I'm unsure what the premise of the <laughs> second one was, but then I remember the third one by Filoni 
that one's tying in Ahsoka to the sequel trilogy, right? Or something like that. It's a tying Ahsoka and uh, Mandalore. Uh, I mean, uh, the Mandalorian together, I think, because they're doing the uh, Heir to the Empire. So this uh, this new series of Ahsoka that's coming up is exploring that and her trying to get to Grand Admiral Thrawn. And to understand more about that, you'll have to go watch <clears throat> Rebels and finish that. So, And then there was one more that I'm forgetting. What was the third one? Uh, it was James Mangold, uh, director of Logan, and uh, the director of uh, the new Indiana Jones movie, uh, doing a Dawn of the uh, Jedi or Dawn of the uh, Force uh, movie about the beginning of the Jedi and the beginning of the Force. So going all the way back. To where, you know, George wanted to go really, which was exploring the Force and, and stuff like that. One of his concepts that he wanted to do. One of the ones that you talked about, too. So, yeah, they're, they're doing that. So, Well, of those three, the first one I want to talk about, because I know we'll have the most to say on it. And I already know the one we're going to have the most to say on. Because when it comes to Dave Filoni, the one he's directing... There ain't much to say. Me and you both have the same opinion. That's the one film that we're excited for, right? Yes. We're excited for that's we, we can do we can deal with that. Yeah, that that that's cool. That's cool. Like I, I already knew see great minds think alike. I already knew we were on the same wavelength with that one. The the one talking about the beginning of the force, it yeah. has my curiosity. It's it's got my curiosity, not not you know like Leonardo DiCaprio and Django. Hey, you have my curiosity, okay? That's they've got my curiosity, but not my attention. Right. But the one I think we have the most to say on probably is this one where Ray is now leading a Jedi Order, <laughs> fifteen years post the events of <laughs> Episode Nine. So I'm going to let you go first because you, I, I know you think it's a ridiculous concept. I, I, I don't think, I, I don't think it's ridiculous. I, I don't think it's ridiculous. I'll clarify that. It's not ridiculous. God, you know, my heart, bless, bless my mouth, my mouth. It's fucking insulting. That's what it is. That's what it is, Evan. We go to the movies, right? To watch entertainment to watch grand stories epics yeah we go to the movies to watch uh emotional movies and, and films that move us stories that move us right with right. the biggest sound effects the biggest audio the biggest all of that biggest stars whatever you can name it and Star Wars is one of those big franchises that you have to see in the theaters. Right. And maybe I was younger, maybe I'm just now maturing, but it really took me time to understand that I went to all three of the sequel films and wasted my time. Literally. It took me a while to recognize that. Like, what did I just watch? How detrimental was it to the franchise? And as we found out, it was very detrimental to the fa- to the franchise. Very, very much so. So yeah, I can't argue that. So yeah, and, and yeah, of course they made billions. Duh, we're all going to show up to see the new Star Wars, of course. But they sucked, and they split the franchise apart. TFA gets a pass a little bit. It it was semi decent. Semi decent. I mean, and especially when compared to the other two. I mean, compared to the other two, Episode 7 was the Godfather. Pretty much. Because Episodes 8 and 9 were abysmal. Pretty much. I can agree. So, what... I'm going to sit here and act like Kathleen didn't sit at the table with George and say that we're going to take care of your franchise. We're going to do everything that that you want to do with this franchise. I'm going to sit here and pretend... Like I didn't hear Kathleen Kennedy lie in an interview because they don't know what the hell they're doing up there. Sit there and say that we don't have any books or source material 
to go by for these new Star Wars stories. I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear that, Evan, but I know I did. And that's the sad part. So now her job's on the line, and now they got to do something. So now it's a mad scramble. Now, because they've canceled God knows how many Star Wars projects, now here we are. Doing what you should have done to begin with, almost what? The Rise of Skywalker was what, 2019? Almost two or three years too damn late. Ironically enough. And the reason why I say it's insulting is because I said this on Twitter and I think you'll agree with me. When it comes to sequel trilogy stuff, sequel fans, however many of them there are, everything that they want to enjoy is predicated on destroying what others have enjoyed for years in order for them to be happy. In other words, if they want to enjoy the sequel trilogy, they can, but it's going to come at the cost of understanding that what they enjoy destroyed what you loved. And that that's what people don't understand about this. The first thing that we thought about really when it came down to what the sequels were going to do was, okay, maybe they're going to let Luke, uh, they're going to show us Luke's new Jedi order, or maybe, you know, they'll do such and such, and maybe he'll come out of retirement like he was in the concept and start a new Jedi order and start by training Ray. Maybe he'll do that. Either one of those would have sufficed really, Evan, but no, They turned him into a hermit. They made him quit on his family and on the galaxy after he made a mistake, and he didn't even try and fix it. The cardinal sin of episode eight. And it was bad enough that a character with no development in Ray had to sit there and tell him that. And Ray Ray just, no, no insults to Daisy Ridley. She's a phenomenal actress, great actress, man. But the writers just constantly handing her, handing Ray everything, no dang Jedi training until like the third movie of the bloody franchise, just easing her way through everything. Lightsaber duels. Oh my God. Then you had to retcon it with Palpatine. What lightsaber duel? What? What, what are you talking about? Bro. Did I, I, I must've blinked and missed the lightsaber duel in the sequel trilogy. Oh, you, uh, oh, oh, I'm referring to, to Kylo versus Ray. The one, that we got the one lightsaber duel that we got. <laughs> what duel indeed? That That's an accurate question. Because, I mean, I didn't see nothing. Just that one. And then ultimately the slap in the face was bringing Palpatine back so that he can get slapped around by Rey. And, and you know how that goes. So to add insult to injury, not only was Luke backseated in his own trilogy... And Mark Hamill disappointed. And, of course, I know what he says now. Yeah, I see what Ryan was trying to do. It's, it's called being professional, people. He doesn't mean that crap. He He's, bruh, dude was, you should have seen the videos on set. Dude was grief-stricken like he was dying on his knees at having to betray this character like this, murdering and killing the character that he loved and brought to life. So um, don't get yourself fooled by that. It's called being professional. So, of course, he's going to say that and recant and do all that. But the fact still stands that you destroyed that character. And now, to add insult to injury, you are going to give Ray the platform that Luke should have had. Other, otherwise, otherwise, Evan, think about it. It's about to be the um, the 20th, no, the 40th anniversary. I think you've seen it on my Facebook page. I don't know if you have. It's about to be the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi, and they're putting it back in theaters for everyone to celebrate. We got to do a pod on that. We have to. Because that's, I mean, honestly, bro, I'm at the point, episodes five and six, I, I can never pick a favorite. They're tied. I mean, as an entire movie, I think episode five is better. But at the same time, Vader throwing Palpatine off the ledge. Dang, like that's like the best moment in all of Star Wars. It's like the most satisfying villain defeat ever. Definitely. But what was the point of that movie, Evan? To what was the point? That, that was the end. That was the end of the original trilogy. Before they tied up the other end with the prequels, that was the end. 
episode six was the end. Yeah, and I've made that point before. I said, like, with the, with the sequel trilogy, I said, okay, wait a minute. Palpatine and Vader are dead. The Sith are no more. Yoda's gone. Obi-Wan's gone. Why do we even need a new Jedi Order? Because that's what the movie was called. It was called Return of the Jedi, plural. Not just Luke, not one Jedi. It was called the Return of the Jedi. Well, couldn't you make the argument it was Luke was the Jedi? He was the one he was the one that would bring about restoration and order, but yeah, return, his, return of the Jedi. That sounds singular. It could be. It could be, but I would argue that it's plural because I, I, that was I mean, I would argue it's singular just because, I mean, the evil is defeated permanently. Like, there are no more Sith. The rule of two, there's only two of them. There are no more. Right. Right. But as the extended... Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, I mean, but even with the extended stuff, bro, like, just from a movie perspective, it just makes sense. Like, there just comes a point in a franchise where the story's over. It's like Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. You know, I haven't even bothered to pick up that book because, I mean, I've heard a bunch of terrible reviews about it. But the reason I haven't picked it up is Voldemort was defeated. There's no more story to tell. Now, well, maybe, I, now, now you can do, a, you know, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, you know, a prequel thing. You can do that. That's fine. But instead of that's better than doing what Disney did with the sequels. And just milking a cow that didn't have anything else to give. Well, I, I'll disagree with you on that. It's not the fact that the story was over and that there was nothing else left to tell. It's the fact that the one chance that they had to tell a new story and reach a new audience, they blew it. They blew it. Of who wouldn't who wouldn't want to see what Luke has accomplished and what was the result of his his and the rebellion's win over the Empire. That was the whole point for him to start a new generation of Jedi. He was going to train Leia. You know what I'm saying? Like, because she had had the Force, too. It's just that the sequels poorly executed and mishandled their chance to expand the Star Wars story. Instead of opening the door wide open, they shut it closed. Last Jedi, you can thank for that, which I know you do. But, I mean, dude. That was Luke's that that opportunity right there was for Luke and Luke alone. And I'm telling you, fans would have much rather have preferred to see Luke's new Jedi Order and to see Ray, a nobody who needs training, be trained by him and be brought up so that they and the new Jedi Order could indeed face the first order. And if Luke dies in that conflict, cool. Oh well. At least he goes out in a blaze of glory, like the exactly like the awesome Jedi if you're we know. To kill Luke Skywalker, he needs a Leonidas esque type death, like three hundred. Right, like let it be epic, draw it out. You know, right. And that that right there is part of the reason what made the sequels, the uh, prequels, epic, and the originals too. The epic battles, the battle for life and death, all of it. That's what made it epic. You have to have that. And the way Luke went out was lackluster. And on top of that, he didn't train Ray. And anyone who says he did is a is is a giant piece of crap. You're lying. He didn't train Ray the whole time. He bitched at Ray for two hours about how the Jedi must end and then decided to save them at the last minute. Didn't do a thing. Really. So with that being said, bro. That was Luke's chance. And then after he died, okay, then you you have Rey take over the new Jedi Order or be a Jedi Knight and be in that new Jedi Order. That would have made a lot more sense. Then off that, you could do a whole nother trilogy after the sequel trilogy about Rey and the new Jedi Order. That would have made so much more sense. And I know it's easier said than done because you have to write and execute and do all that. But that's common sense. Instead, no, you butcher Luke, and then now you give what belonged to Mark Hamill and to Luke Skywalker, you give that to Rey. Yeah, because she's a Skywalker. Didn't you hear the end of the movie? 
Oh my God, is she? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that having somebody's lightsaber for two movies and thinking that you're just automatically good at everything makes you a Skywalker. Wow. I didn't know Skywalker was that much of an enchanted name. Like, you just born wanting to be a Skywalker with all the gifts and curses and heavy weight and burdens that come with being a Skywalker. Oh my god. Yes, I forgot she was a bloody Skywalker. Jesus Christ. And now she's got a new Jedi Order? <sighs> all the sequel fans think that they're winning right now. They are. They're not. And I'll tell you why. They may think they're winning. And if you love the sequels, fine. I respect that. Cool. You can. But they keep saying on Twitter and all across the community, let us enjoy what we want and you don't have to watch. You remember when they said, you remember the other time they said that, Evan? You remember the last time they said that? They said that while TLJ was out and Luke's character was being butchered. Well, it's just a new direction, and we like it, and if you don't, well, if you don't like what they're doing to your favorite character, then don't watch it. Simple as that. You remember that? I recall them saying that. That's exactly what I did, too. Yeah, and that's exactly what they're doing with this move, with this new movie with Daisy Ridley. That's exactly what they're doing, and it's going to flop. It will flop. It, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets canceled. I'm calling it now. I'm not wishing failure upon anybody. I don't want to. I'm just telling people what it is. People need to wake up and look at what is happening to Star Wars right now. I've been silent on it for three and a half months because it's been agonizing as hell to watch. I just woke up the other day and Lizzo was on the bloody Mandalorian. For what? For what? I understand that she may be a fan or whatever, but, dude, this is not the time for random freaking celebrity cameos, especially someone who has no good interest in, in in anything good at all. Her message and her music, what she represents, and then you put her in Star Wars. Way to go. Way to go. Mandalorian Season 3, which was your flagship show, viewership is now down, brother. Lowest that it's ever been in Disney Plus history. Season three, people are not watching and tuning in, and they're not likely to. They're not. And so now you're doing your little last-ditch effort. Now you're going to do an Heir to the Empire because it's the Extended Universe, and you know we're going to tune in because it's the Extended Universe-inspired. And then you go and give Ray a new jet. All right, bro. This is a terrible move. It's a terrible, terrible move, and it's not going to end well. Disney is always going to find a way to screw you over and let you down. Right when you think you have something good with Star Wars, Disney will find a way to rip it off from under you. I promise you that. So, it's, it's terrible. Your thoughts, brother? All right, so let me, let me start with... Uh, I agree with everything you said about the sequel movies. Um, there was potential there. I thought with the seventh movie, um, it did bug me though that for Kylo to supposedly have been, you know, he trained under Luke for so long and then he trained under Snoke for a time, but yet he wasn't very skilled in anything. Yeah, skilled like, in throwing temper tantrums. Like that, yeah, that was so disappointing. Made absolutely no sense. Um, so that's just one example of character mishaps and the sequel trilogy, which that's my biggest issue with it. Look, I want to address something real quick, which is that the, you mentioned sequel fan arguments, because I want to address the dumbest one I've ever heard. Yes. This argument that says real fans like all of it. Oh, like the, star, you, the star Wars is star Wars deal. You, yeah. You've heard this before too. I take it. Yes. Like if you don't like, Every single Star Wars movie, you're not a Star Wars fan. Look, right. I'm the biggest Batman fan I know. I love Batman. Batman's my favorite superhero. But I can't freaking stand Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. I fail to see how that makes me any less of a Batman fan. I find right. those two movies to be unwatchable. And I find Episode 8 and 9 to be unwatchable. Right. But... I still love Star Wars. And look, 
it's not really that complicated why people love Star Wars. Episode 1 through 6 is one of the best stories ever told. Full of yes. action, comedy, romance, uh, plot twists, and lots of emotional connections to characters. You know, you really yeah. could, like, you have very well-defined characters, very different personalities, everybody's got their own story, and everybody goes through character development. The side characters go through character development. You see it happen with everybody. In the previews, right. you watch Obi-Wan. He goes from, you know, Qui-Gon's Padawan to Anakin's teacher. Anakin, right. the one the whole franchise is centered around. From scared slave boy to Jedi Knight to Jedi turned Sith. It's a heartbreaking story. And then yeah. even Padme, you know, she ends up as a senator. But, you know, you get my point. You can go on and on. And then with the OG trilogy, it's the same. Luke Skywalker, episode four, Shy Farm Boy. Episode six, Jedi Master. Uh, Leia, episode four, Bratty Princess. Episode six, War General. There's this just consistent theme in Star Wars of character development and great storytelling and great yeah. and great action sequences. That's the other part of it. Yeah. Star Wars episodes one through six. Oh my God. Episode one, the final lightsaber ba uh, battle between Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan. Episode two, Dooku versus Obi-Wan and Anakin and later Yoda. Episode three, you know, there's several great fights in that movie oh my yeah. goodness it's non-stop epicness ending with anakin and obi-wan the best fight ever episode yeah. four vader and obi-wan episode five luke and vader episode six the rematch it's just amazing iconic battles so you've got great character development great stories great fight scenes if you want right. to say the acting is iffy fine it was the 80s, and then the prequels had some corny acting here and there. I'll give you that. But that does not negate the great story, the great development of the characters, and the great fight scenes. The right. sequel trilogy had solid acting. It had great visuals. And that's it. It had... No epic fight scenes. It had absolutely no interesting story. Episode no. 8 was the most pointless movie ever made. Like, Snoke was pointless. Phasma was pointless. The whole freaking Poe and Rose storyline, pointless. It did nothing for the whole movie. Not was, a thing. It was just there so they could be in the movie to do nothing. And then it was so bad that episode nine was left with no material. There was no character development. You know, the only, the only two characters that went through any kind of development at all was uh, Finn and Kylo. That's it. Finn yeah. starts out, scared Stormtrooper on the run, and then he decides he's going to fight. And yeah. that's about all he does. He was... Oh my gosh, dude. He was the most just a wasted character in the whole dang trilogy. I'm thinking, wouldn't it have been cool if Ray and Finn were Jedi? Yeah. And then the two of them fight Kylo because Kylo could be that much of a butt kicker. He could take on two Jedi at the same time. But yeah. Oh, no, 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 none of that. And then, you know, Kylo, he he's the only one throughout the whole trilogy that really has a consistent character arc. Literally the only one. He's yeah. the only one. And so that's why I hate the sequel trilogy so much. It's just because everything that makes the episodes one through six amazing cannot be said about the sequel trilogy. And so mm -hmm. that's my take on the sequel trilogy. Just wanted to clear that out before I say what I'm about to say. Having said that, I have more hope that this movie will be good than I did Episode 9. I had zero hope Episode 9 would be good. I'm at about a 1 out of 10 that this movie will be good. I've got that only have that one 
because I'm trying to be really hopeful, you know. I can't force yeah. it. And and Daisy Ridley, you know, you said it. She's not a bad actress. No. You know, the, the problem is not that she can't act, because she can. She can. The problem is her character just that there's nothing going on there. Like nothing. two movies. Episode seven and eight. We know nothing about her. Nothing. It's like through two, two and a half hour movies, they couldn't tell us who Ray is. She's just a nobody. And then in episode nine, oh, she's Palpatine's granddaughter. When did Palpatine have a kid? Since when? When did the so not only does Palpatine have a kid, he's got a grandkid. So Where who who were his who were the parents? Who what? Was when? I got my I got my Plagueis book on my shelf right now. I promise you, I ain't seen nothing about that. Where they do that at? I, I mean, it just made no sense. Lazy writing, but it was only lazy writing because episode eight was that bad. But with this movie, dude, I'm just hoping they could make Ray interesting. Like, let Ray go through some stuff in this movie. Like, you know how, like, with Tom Holland. Through the first two Spider-Man movies, people are like, yeah, he's okay as Spider-Man. He's pretty decent, but yeah. he, he just hasn't gone through anything. Once No Way Home hit. Yeah, the, every, and once people saw him struggle and overcome, then they're like, okay, he's Spider-Man. There yeah. was a brief moment in episode eight where Ray's getting tossed around by Snoke. And I'm watching thinking like, oh, okay, here we go. So now Ray is finally the underdog. She's got to find a way out of this. Okay, let's see her be a hero now. Because right. like, for me, you're only a hero once you're put in a situation where it seems like you're not going to get out of it. Right. That's why I love Christian Bale's Batman so much, and that's why I love Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker is like the prime example of a great hero. Like just his fearlessness. And, you know... Think about this, Eric. I've made this point before, but let me get your thoughts on this just to contrast the two. Yeah. So Luke Skywalker and Ray Skywalker, apparently. Um, I'm just kidding. Ray Palpatine. I, I, which one's more ridiculous? <laughs> Trust me, Ray Skywalker is more ridiculous. It's, but it's you, more ridiculous. But you look at her through three movies, she is just Miss. I know everything. Everything just kind of works out for me. Contrast that with Luke. Episode four, shy farm boy, wouldn't even dream of going head up with Darth Vader. He knows that'd be suicide. Ray, in episode seven, put Kylo Ren flat on his back. Flat on it. With no training. Episode five, Luke Skywalker and Rhett, and then episode eight, Ray and Luke have something in common. They both get training. Luke gets taught how to conquer his fears, master the ways of the Force, and uh, lightsaber training under Yoda, the greatest Jedi ever. Ray learns that the Force is everywhere and lift this rock. And after all this training, Luke still loses. He gets his hand cut off. Like, Vader beat him straight up. It wasn't until... We had to wait until the very end of Episode 6 for Luke Skywalker to get the upper hand on Darth Vader. But what was amazing about Episode 6 is now we see Luke Skywalker as this Jedi Master just at peace with the Force. He's calm. He's collected. He's He's chilling. Yeah, there's no fear in him. That's what you love about him in the movie. Like in episode four, he's just shy. He's timid. He's afraid of his own shadow. By episode six, he's walking around in that black robe right up to Jabba. Like telling him, you know, hey, you're going to have to let Han go. And then Han, you know, Jabba tried to feed him to the Rancor. And Luke was like, okay, I'll kill your pet lizard here. Yeah. Just no fear in him. None. Yeah. And then even at the end, fighting Darth Vader, like, I love that scene where Vader's like, if you won't turn, perhaps your sister will. 
And that set something off in Luke. Because once he said that, Luke showed up and cut his own father's hand off. Yeah. That's what was cold-blooded is the whole movie he's talking about saving his dad. He's like, Dad, I'm not going to kill you, but I will cut your damn hand off. Fair. That I will do. That I will do. But that's just the difference. Like, you don't see that from Ray. You don't see that character development like you do in Luke. And I don't see how that point can be negated. And also, I've, I've seen another dumb argument that Luke basically didn't do anything different than Yoda in episode five. Say so what? That, you know, well, Yoda left and became a hermit. How is that any different than Luke? That's because Yoda had no choice. Yeah, I was, I, he kind of explained it to people. Yoda actually did fail big time. He couldn't get Palpatine. He couldn't arrest him. He couldn't kill him. Palpatine got away. And with that, Yoda knew, I can't stop all of them. I've got to get out of here. I'm a powerful Jedi, but I'm going to get killed if I hang around. I have no choice. I have to leave. Right. Luke, on the other hand, made a mistake. Kylo turns evil. And Luke, at any point, could have gone and saved Kylo, but just chose not to. And he chose to mope about it. While he let Snoke and Kylo build up the First Order, who just apparently over the years pulled an entire army out of their ass. Ain't First that plot hole. <laughs> Bigger plot hole. <laughs> I mean, o- overall, dude, I-, I am just not... I mean, I want this movie... I want it to be good, because I want to like Rey. I want to see her be awesome. I want to see her in an actual lightsaber duel. It just it, it drives me nuts how in 2015, 18, and I don't know, was it 2015, 17, and 19, I think, when the movies came out? Yeah. Yeah. 15, 17, 19. Yeah. In all those years, they couldn't compete with lightsaber duels that came out in the 90s and early 2000s. Hell, couldn't even compete with the ones from the OG trilogy. Ain't no, they're not even better than the ones from the OG, dog. They're not. Nope. Just- and. It's sad. And I don't want to add insult to injury, but as far as your comparison goes, I would even strike that second point from Ray because Ray didn't get any training from Luke. What Luke was explaining to her was why the Force doesn't belong to the Jedi or the, the Sith or the dark side or the light, why it is a neutral factor. That's what he was explaining to her. He wasn't explaining to her, this is how you be a Jedi. This is what the Jedi believe in. This is why we fight on the light side. This is why we must defeat darkness. This is what I've learned over the past couple years as I've learned about the old Jedi Order and what we can do brand new. That's not what he said. This man sat there and told her, "This the Force belongs to, to nature itself. It, it, it doesn't belong to the light or dark. It's neutral. It's balance. It's supposed to be like this. And I told you that initially in my other review. I was like, well, Luke's not wrong about that. I mean, I get what he's saying, but at the same time, that doesn't justify the quitting on his family. It doesn't justify him not getting up after making a mistake and letting all these people die while he hid away like a coward. It doesn't justify that. So... I'd have to take that point from Ray. So other than that, all they have in common is that they both started out on a desert planet. That's it. Everything else, even in Ray, where did you learn that? Who taught you how to fight like that? And people will say, well, yeah, she had a staff on Jakku and she grew up in a rough environment. She had to learn how to fight on her own. Doing that and then fighting with a lightsaber are two totally different skills. They don't call it Jedi training for no reason. You can't just pick up a lightsaber and automatically beat someone who's had so much more experience than you, no matter how hurt they are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't happen like that. And so it's because of things like that. It's because of the things you listed in, in TLJ and ROS, too. It's, it's because of those things and that contract. See, we would love to see another trilogy where Luke was doing that because we know where he comes from. We know he came from nothing. We know who his dad was. We know what he had to go through to get here. 
So we're interested in seeing that. We have no anchor in Ray. We have no way that we the older generations of fans can have no hook in with Ray because we don't know. We don't know nothing. You just came in. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who I am. I don't know if I belong. But here, I can still be a hero and beat Kylo Ren. You know, I can still be good. And I didn't need any Jedi training from Luke either. You know what I'm saying? But he was wrong. And then, you know, go on to the next one. And, oh, you know, I got Leia for a few. for a few, uh, So I can, so she can be my master, which is cool. But then that automatically amounts to you eat, uh, beating Palpatine. You know what I'm saying? One of the most powerful, the most powerful Sith Lord of all time in his return, which Luke didn't even do in the extended universe. Yet he had to, he had, even he had to struggle with that in order to do that again. So we have no anchor in Ray, bro. And it's, and look, and I do agree. I do, I do, I do believe that this one, this movie will be better written and will have better development for Ray. That much I agree with you with. Certainly can't be worse. It can't be worse, but it's not going to save save the movie from the fact that it's going to flop because of the sins of the past, because of what happened with 7, 8, and 9. You don't just get to do what you did with 7, 8, and 9 and think that you get a clean slate by giving her a new Jedi Order. You don't get to do that after what you did to Luke. It don't work like that, man. It just doesn't. And the fans are not going to ride with it. They're going to tear that thing apart. It's going to flop. It's not going to sniff a billion dollars. It's not going to do any of that. Hell, if it gets canceled, I wouldn't be surprised. But it's not happening, bro. Because there's no way. Now, I do believe in second chances. I do. I do believe in second chances. But this would be a fourth chance. This would be, bro. Right. There is no redeeming the sequels. You can try all you want to. There's still, and the sequel fans think that, oh, they. I told you guys that they said they weren't going to retcon it. I told you, bro, if you're still having to explain and fill in uh, explanations that build up that story from three years ago, you're still retconning, bro. You're still retconning. Yeah, I mean... I feel bad for the sequel fans, but at the same time, I don't. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I, honestly, bro, with this one, I, I don't think the goal is to make the sequels good. I think the objective should just be make Ray interesting. That they can do in one film. I think so. I mean, they did. they definitely increased Tom Holland's popularity with one film. But granted, he was never seen like Ray is. Yeah, Tom Holland's Spider-Man wasn't out here soloing people and doing the whole Avengers. He was failing actively. <laughs> you know? But that's what it is, man. That's where I'm at. But the uh, the fam's home, and I know you got pre. I know you got the main card coming up. I wouldn't want to keep you. Oh, man, you're good. I can stay on here for a bit more. Unless you needed to get off. I probably got to go ahead and cut it short today, dog. Oh, you're good, bro. But all right, man. This was a definite good one. We got more on this topic to talk about, too. We, we're not done with this. Mm-hmm. All right, man. This was a good one. I'm Eric Houston. This is my co-host, Evan Elliott. We're signing off from J House Podcast Radio. See you guys later. Peace. Peace. Thank, Thank you for, for joining. joining. This, this has been another, another edition, edition of J House Radio. Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to J House Live. Uh, I'm here <clears throat> on the solo. Shout out to my boy, Evan Elliott, who is out uh, and busy right now, handling his business, uh, doing big things. So shout out to my brother, my co-host. Uh, I just wanted to run some of these lives uh, solo just to see how this would work out. Uh, got a new mic, new update and everything. So trying to make that work out. As best I can. And. <clears throat> just wanted to. Lend my opinions. And my voice. To everything going on. In Star Wars today. Marvel. DC. You name it. But mainly. As of right now. 
for this 30 minutes or so that you got me. Um, mainly, it is Star Wars that has been on my mind a lot, as you can see. Came back from hiatus with a vengeance. Back-to-back, -back, hundreds of viewers on the last two videos. So thank you guys for giving me the time of day, giving me time out of your day to um, to check out what I'm saying. And so I appreciate that. Just love talking to people about what I love. So <sighs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I love Star Wars Twitter to death. I do. I love conversing with so many people from all over the franchise, so many people from all over the fandom. Just awesome, man. So many people and new fans too, younger fans who are are growing up like I did <clears throat> with uh, Star Wars, and I'm now 25 now, still growing up sort of. But what's wild to me is that they? it seems to me like some of the newer fans don't understand. And I think a lot of Star Wars YouTubers have pointed this out. I think, um, I think Star Wars Theory, shout out to Theory, I think he pointed it out uh, multiple times in one video. And then it's something that I'm seeing a lot of lately is that the sequel, some sequel fans, I'm not saying all sequel fans, I got people that I'm cool with that I'm friends with on Twitter and social who are sequel fans and, and they're amazing people. They're some of the most coolest people in the world who can have civil discourse about whatever. And you can disagree with them and they'll be cool and they'll, you know, they, they do their best in defending seven through nine and actually make some very good logical arguments for, for most of the time. But then you have the sequel fans who who act like like they've been with Star Wars their whole life. You have sequel fans who act like, you know, older fans don't exist and that it doesn't matter about what they want because what matters right now is what Disney is pushing out. No matter what it is, it can be the most crappiest thing ever. It doesn't matter. As long as Disney is pushing it out, that's all they care about. And when you argue with them or tell them, no, that's not right, it's not cool, you know, they get upset. They get really mad. I've been blocked. I've been called names. All that. Boo-hoo. But all of it by sequel fans who God, God honestly believe that this trilogy, this seven, eight, and nine, were the absolute best thing to ever happen to Star Wars. And anyone with two brain cells who is a Star Wars fan for real knows that that's not true. They know it. They know that it's not true. So, my end is that you can't really, because it's coming. It's coming. 2025 will be here before we know it. 2024 is going to be a packed year. 2023 is already shaping up to be uh, a packed year for Star Wars. But with all, like, 2025 celebration is in Japan, for Christ's sake. So that, that tells you all you need to know about what they're trying to ramp up for with uh, Star Wars. <clears throat> and when it comes to that, I'm telling sequel fans to understand that if you if you like everyone's not going to be there for that we were there all the fans were there for the sequel trilogy because we had to see what was going to happen we really didn't have a choice because that's episode seven eight nine okay there's luke there's han there's leia we have to be there for that we got to see we got to see it through we got to see what's going to happen with this, with our heroes, with the people that we love, the people that we grew up on. We got to see where the legacy goes. So, yes, the film, the films were financially successful, but that's because, like, of course, we're all going to show up for it. We, we, were, we, we had no choice but to show up for that. 
And now that the deed is done and the films were in retrospect, looking back at it, they were terrible. Seven kind of gets a pass, but eight and nine were definitely terrible or divisive. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad, but it didn't do any good for the fandom. I'll tell you that much. So if you really want to go there now, we're post sequel trilogy. Who's going to be there? For these movies. Who? That's no shade to Daisy Ridley. That's no shade to John Boyega. That's no shade to Adam Driver. Because they are all wonderful actors and actresses. Wonderful people. Daisy Ridley absolutely deserves love. She deserves all that she gets, man. Because she did the best that she could. And she did her absolute best with what she was given. She doesn't have one one bad acting moment in the sequels. I can say that. Honestly. She doesn't. Story-wise, though, that's a different ordeal. Story-wise, you just look at the sequels the whole time and you're like, man, what are they doing? What have they done? And now that it's over, now that the deed is done, the question is who is going to stick around to see what comes next? Now, yes, Ahsoka is here. I've pointed that out a trillion times. Ahsoka is here. Uh, Heir to the Empire, Heir to the Empire is, is about to get adapted big time, Mandoverse movie, all that stuff. Yes, cool. But who's going to be there to watch the new Jedi Order? Who? I mean, yeah, the sequel fans will show out in droves, but that's a small few. And I'm not trying to marginalize or say any, any group is small. Me coming from the Snyder Cut movement, knowing how that was. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying, it's not like, it's not like, this is crazy, it's not like Zack Snyder murdered everyone's favorite character. No, he was bringing all the characters to the big screen. Ryan Johnson, on the other hand, did. Left no investment for anyone. No Luke, you totally destroyed Luke Skywalker. He didn't train Rey. Ray just continued Mary suing her way through episode 8. So the question is, who is going to be there for that? Who? You, whatever fans of Luke Skywalker that you had left, you pissed off. You absolutely ransacked when you decided to make that choice. You absolutely split the fan base in half. So further than it already was. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. But it depends on who you talk to. But who's left? Who's left after that? It won't be me, you know. And I and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure if they do all their due diligence and whatever and all that, yeah, they're gonna come out with a lot of cool behind the scenes, you know, pictures and videos. They're gonna do all this hype stuff. I know how the Star Wars hype train goes. I've been on it too many times to count. Still on it, sort of. But the disappointment that comes after the hype, I'm used to it too much. So I know what this means. I know what this is. And they, like, to ride with this, to try and do this after the fact of what has happened with Luke, I'm like, are you crazy? Are you nuts? You must be. You must be crazy. Because they're they're actually going to go through with it. They're going to do it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Do what you want. Do that. That's cool. They're going to find out when it flops. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty freaking funny. I'm going to laugh at it. Because Disney is going to shoot themselves in the foot like they always do. And plus, people just don't have that connection with Ray like that. They don't have that connection with Ray. Like, there was nothing to connect to her with. I mean, yeah, sure, I, I can relate to someone who's trying to find their identity, trying to find their worth and their, you know, who they are in the galaxy. Sure, yeah, I can relate to that, absolutely. But when it comes to Jedi training and the things that count too, if just not as much as character, she has none of it. For Force Awakens, she Mary sued her way through that whole thing. Ryan Johnson's job was to pick up the torch from there and to develop her in a way. And all she did was just wander around for three movies, not knowing for 
that film too, not wondering who she was, trying to find out who she was, but turns out she was nobody. Okay, that's a choice. Cool. What are we going to do with it? We ain't going to do nothing. We're not going to give her any more Jedi training. Luke's just going to, you know, moan at her for two hours about the past Jedi's mistakes that had nothing to do with him and his sorry excuse for letting half the galaxy go under rule of the First Order and for leaving the galaxy in chaos and leaving his friends and family. So she's left with his excuses, and she has to back-talk him and tell him that he was wrong. I'm like, really? So Luke doesn't know better for himself by now. Wow. Wow. Okay. She goes, confronts Snoke, tries to help Ben. Ben kills Snoke, which is a massive plot hole in itself. And Rey continues to fight like an elite Jedi Knight who's had training. And she hasn't. And the excuse that they give is in the retconned Rise of Skywalker novelization saying that she and Kylo were a dyad in the Force. Despite Snoke saying that he bridged their minds together. Literally. He put their minds together. He was that powerful in the Force to the point where he could bridge their minds together. You know? Okay. So now they gotta explain that in a book instead of just, you know, okay. So you can see the dilemma there. You can see the dilemma there. And it doesn't matter what sequel fans will say, no matter what they try to explain, Ray needed training. That's all. And it would have made the trilogy a lot more tolerable than it was. She needed a master. She needed so I argue with somebody who was talking about uh, Ray being an autodactic or someone who learns quickly or learns independently. I'm like, you can't show me one example. Respectfully, you can't show me one example in the extended universe lore before Disney bought it where that was actually even a thing. That's not even actually a thing in their current lore, in the current Disney, Disney canon with the High Republic. You're not going to find that. <laughs> like you're not gonna find that <laughs> where'd you where'd you bring that up at and they're like oh well you're saying they're not real in real life no I'm not saying that fast learning and independent learning people aren't real people I'm saying that there's no such thing as an independent learning Jedi in, in Star Wars there wasn't one they all had masters masters and mentors now of course they have homework yes they study you know, Luke studied the text, Ray studied the text. Cool. Yes. But they had masters, though. That's the thing. And Ray didn't get one until Rise of Skywalker, until they had to retcon that in and throw that in there with Leia. They had to wait till everyone ramped up the complaints on Ray after Last Jedi in order to do that. It's the most hilarious thing. So they waited to do that at the last minute. At the last movie, by the way. And Rise of Skywalker was an absolute head rush. I'll remind you. Rise of Skywalker was a head rush. It was like we hopped straight into the film. First thing we know, boom, Snoke was retcon. Oh, that's the Palpatine uh, clone. Then the next thing, oh yeah, Master, uh, Leia, Master uh, Leia Organa. Oh, boom, just like that. Just step after step, all of a sudden, Ray can shoot lightning. She can heal people. Like, bro, just retcon after retcon after retcon. Like, bro, just boom, boom, boom. Trying to fit so much into one movie because two films didn't do the proper job. So, you know, you don't see Return of the Jedi rushing to close PowerPoints, uh, story points. You don't see Revenge of the Sith rushing to close story points from episodes one and two mainly because it benefited from the clone wars tv show that fleshed out a bigger event that needed more than just movies to express and talk about so it's a tough thing it's a tough thing to sit with because and and i, and I say this because there there may be they, they, I'm saying there may be. I'm not saying it will happen. Maybe it could. Who knows? But maybe there is a chance. Maybe there is a chance 
that they get this right. Maybe there is a chance that there's something that they can do to rectify and heal that wound of what happened with Luke in The Last Jedi, in the sequel trilogy. Maybe. Maybe they can. Maybe they can rectify that. Got Heir to the Empire, this adapted Mandoverse movie coming up. You bring Luke back and give people some, some primetime Jedi glory? Maybe they they just people just might be able to let Last Jedi slide. Just maybe. Because all people wanted to do was see Prime Luke Skywalker, man. That's really it. People just wanted to see Prime Jedi Knight, Jedi Master, Luke Skywalker. That's that's really what it boils down to. Dave Filoni and John Favreau understood that when they brought Luke in for season two of the Mandalorian finale, which was one of the greatest events in Star Wars history. So they understood that. So if there's any indication that they could be trying to fix this hole, as I'm seeing a lot of sequel fans say that they could be trying to fix the sequel trilogy and make it more acceptable through these uh, next events that are about to happen in 2024 and 2025. Maybe. Maybe. Just maybe all will be forgiven. But that depends on how you do Mark Hamill. That depends on how you invest him back into it and get Luke Skywalker back to the primetime stage, back to the forefront of Star Wars. Oh, Lord heavens. If uh if you put him on live act if you put him on screen with Thrawn, you know what I'm saying? That that'll definitely that'll definitely get a lot of EU fans jumping. <laughs> So, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they can fix this. Maybe they can rectify the situation with what they've done. I don't know. It's a long shot, but I'm I'm willing to bet that with Ahsoka and the Mandoverse, it's going to be great. But Ray's movie being successful, that's all dependent on whether they do something with Luke or not. That's all dependent on that. If they don't, Good luck trying to get people to support Ray's new Jedi Order that was supposed to be Luke's that we didn't get to see because it got destroyed before we ever got a chance to see it. <laughs> but we do get to see it in in a in a retcon story, the comics, you know, the Knight of Ren comic book. What like that's what I'm saying, bro. Like it's getting so crazy to the point where. Would start like they just made these three movies, no story, no nothing. I'm not knocking the hard work of the cast and the crew because it's hard work doing a movie. I want that to be done. I'm not just somebody as someone who aspires to do movies one day myself and my own comics and my own stories. I understand the hard work that goes into a movie, into wanting to make that. But the 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 blame falls on the director and the people at the top, the writers, the directors, and the producers for greenlighting whatever we see. So they greenlit those three movies, and you let that slide. And you think fans are just going to go along with that after the fact. No, they're not. There's going to have to be something significantly amazing to happen in order to get people back invested. For Ray's movie to be successful. They were so in a rush. The thing about like. And like I was saying. They want to sit there and do three movies. And then they want to explain everything after the fact. They want they want you to go. You know read some book. Or they want you to go to the comics. To find the retcon points. Because they're trying to, they're trying to plug up so many holes. After the fact. <sighs> That's not how that goes man. And for people who want to say the prequels, no, no, prequels were not retconned. They were not. They were not. The prequels were foreshadowed already in episode four. As to what that looked like and how that happened had yet to be seen, but that was an event that was already foretold. It wasn't like, you know, he talked, Ben talked about Anakin and didn't mention any details, and then all of a sudden, they have to scramble to make the Clone Wars. No, that was already a foregone concept and a foreshadowed story that was already 
established that we just hadn't seen yet. So, you know, but having Ray jump through three movies, no origin, no nothing, and then you're scrambling to say, oh, well, it's a force diet. Oh, well, she's related to Palpatine. You're having to plug up too much, and it's just not cool. It doesn't work very well at all. But, you know, we'll see. On to more positive things as we close out this first J-House Live of the year, Mandalorian uh, Season 3. We have one more sleeps in a day, pretty much. So sleep the night, go through Tuesday, and then Tuesday midnight, when it's officially Wednesday, we get the Mandalorian Season Finale, which I will be up for. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of hype around that. Going to be crazy, crazy reactions. Heartbreaking, according to a lot of people. So Mandalorian Season 3 has had one of the, a miracle turnaround, as a matter of fact. It's been a miracle turnaround from two terrible episodes and the one that before the last one, which had Lizzo and Jack Black in it, which was absolutely garbage, to... The next episode, which gave us a little bit more of a tease, and I'm like, okay, now the Mando hype's back on. This finale could rectify the whole season. This finale could could change the perception of the whole season, if it has not already. It has the potential to go down as one of the greatest, depending on who's in it, what they've put in it, who they mention, who's going to pop up. So it's going to be wild. It's definitely going to be wild. but. We shall see. I'm hyped for it. Um, right now, I'm reading Heir to the Empire. I'm on that trilogy right now. I'm almost done with uh, the first book. So I will have my review up. I'm going to do a, pre- a pre-recorded view, uh, review on that one later. But I look forward to it. And we'll see what we'll see how it goes. I'm enjoying it so far. It's really picking up. It's taken a lot of time for it to build up. It started out kind of slow. But that's because there's so much world building going on in the EU that, you know, they're they're just they're establishing so much. So by the time we get to, you know, the middle of the book, okay, now things are starting to pick up, starting to get interesting. So I'm super excited. I'll be finished with that and Dark Force Rising, God willing, if I don't waste time and just get to reading and then I'll be done with the last command soon. So I'll have all a full trilogy review laid out so i look forward to it but thank you guys for tuning in to j house live we'll be doing a lot more of these this was sort of on the spot and prompt to just wanted to see how this would work i will definitely announce it and post it next time so that you can join in and that you can uh find out where we are so i will catch you guys later and take it Uh, easy. Peace.